Thanks again for everybody sticking around. Hopefully your trade sheets are in good working order. Uh, before we get started just on the draft, just wanted thoughts and condolences um, to the Celtics organization um, in regards to John Havlicek. I'm sure there's a lot of folks that in this room that have been lifelong Celtics fans or follow the team and you know, everybody's sure heard the call multiple times, probably one of the more famous calls in, in sports about Havlicek stealing the ball, but just that our, our prayers and thoughts with the Celtics organization and what he represented to a lot of people in this area and to their organization in general. So just wanted to make sure that, you know, we mentioned that here uh, this evening. Um, as it relates to uh, tonight, um, obviously a lot of movement, uh, kind of moved up and down, side to side in the, on the board. Uh, where we ended up, you know, was picking for what we think are, are quality football players um, that have played against good competition um, and been productive at a, a fairly consistent level. So we'll start in the beginning uh, with Jawan, uh, traded up for Jawan. Um, you guys, if you've, you've probably have talked to him already or may have talked to him, but he's a, he's a tremendously impressive kid. I would say very mature. Um, he, I mean, he's a great person, which, which is important. You know, it says a lot about him and, and the things that he's endured throughout you know his life, but as a player, um, he he's got some unique attributes that not a lot of players in that position have. How that necessarily translate into our into our system, we'll find out. He primarily played in the perimeter um, at Vanderbilt. Um, he was a perimeter corner, played against a lot of good people. Um, so the player that we we spent time with um, on a couple different occasions. Um, I think Coach has, has made uh, his trips to Nashville worth it here over the past however many years. But, um, you know, just an impressive kid. Um, you know, where he's going to play, it's, it's, it's too early to determine that. You know, what we do know is he's played the secondary at a good level against a lot of good people and been productive, very smart kid, um, you know, graduated and just, you know, so that was the first pick, and then we were at 64, and then we shipped that back there a little bit, a few spots, kind of juggled some things around, right? And then we picked Winovich there at 73 or 77, whichever one that was. So uh, primarily was an end-of-line scrimmage player um, at Michigan. Um, did a lot of things well in their system. Um, had a lot of respect for Coach Harbaugh and the program that he runs and the defense that he played in. Um, He's been productive rushing a passer. Um, he plays, he's got a good motor. He's a pretty instinctive guy. He's good with his hands. He's pretty good technique. Um, so, and he's been productive over the course of a, a, a couple of years here now. So, and he's got long hair, so, which I'm sure everybody will enjoy. So, until we tell him to cut it. Uh, but um, has some value, hopefully, not only defensively, but in the kicking game as well. Um, you know, with his size, six two and a half, six three, two forty five, two fifty, runs fairly well. I think he ran like four six ish or somewhere in that vicinity. Um, so it's a pretty good combination of just size, speed, uh, toughness, instinctiveness. Um, and then uh, Harris, the running back from Alabama, I would say that's a situation where, relative to whatever else you're looking at, um, he's a, he's a good falls into the good football player category that's been consistently productive over the course of however many years. Um, look, everybody knows what we think about the Alabama program and how highly regard the respect, the mutual respect that Bill and Nick have for one another. 
Um, but this is a player that, over the course of the last three years, I mean, basically has averaged a thousand yards in the SEC, and they have a lot of good backs. You know, similar to the Georgia situation with with Nick Chubb and Sony. So you had Harris, you had Josh Jacobs. They have a few more backs in the pipeline, um, but this guy's been a pretty consistently productive player. So this is more of, I would say, falls into the good football player category. And relative to the other options that we were looking at on the board, you know, that's that's where he kind of fell. And then the pick there at the end of this uh, this, this round uh, with Kajust, Yadni uh, Kajust, the tackle from West Virginia, primarily played left tackle, um, you know, and. A passing system, um, fairly athletic kid, um, you know, and he's played, I think he's about three-year starter, whatever he was. So um, a player that we spent some time with in a, in a couple different checkpoints here. So say all four of them are, are good football players. We think they're good football players. Hopefully they can come in here and assimilate our program as quickly as possible. Um, whatever their role is going to be, it's yet to be determined. We're, it's, it's, it's way too early for that, kind of like we talked about last night with Nikhil. So um, right now we're positioned. We have three picks in the fourth round, and I think we have the four picks in the seventh round, so it's called seven total picks if we end up picking them. Along the way, we were able to sneak in a pick for next year as well um, with Chicago, which is something that we did similar to what's actually very similar, not the same trade, but similar to what we did with them last year. So, um, you know, so that's kind of where we are here, you know, for today. Um, we'll come back tomorrow morning, kind of recalibrate and look at what our options may be. Um, you know, we have a lot of, I mean, relative terms, a lot of picks relative to day three. So we'll kind of have to see how it all it all shakes out. So, so that's a kind of a quick synopsis and then take some questions. When it, comes, when it comes to Jawan, with the size, obviously, um, do you feel like you guys had to react to a trend around the league where the receivers are getting bigger and tight ends are really essentially big receivers as well? Yeah, Bill mentioned that, I think, last week in his press conference. I wouldn't say that was an overriding factor. Um, there actually aren't a lot of players in the league with that those types of measurables. There have been some players in the past, like Sean Smith, you know, 6'4", 210-pound corners or defensive backs. So even at safety, there's not necessarily players with those types of dimensions. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily, well, we're playing against this, we need this. You start to do that, because, and there might not be an application. I think you just actually look at the player and it's say for his size, he has a pretty unique skill level relative to playing the corner position. So I wouldn't say it necessarily is in response to that. He's probably unique relative to other players at the position, whether it's safety or corner. Like I said, I, th I think if, if we were to look at this, which we haven't, we have, but we haven't, there aren't a lot of players in, in, at, in the secondary with his size, kind of size, height, weight combination. So. Nick, if you look at the roster, uh, people would say entering the draft, cornerback was already pretty well stocked and running back as well. Um, why pick those positions over tight end, and how do you feel about the tight end position right now? Yeah, it's the same as we do every year. We look at what's up there, we look at our options, and we pick the players that we think are going to fit our team the best. We're not necessarily worried about what position that they play. If you build up enough good football players over the course of time, then you'll hopefully put yourself in a good position. As we all know, there's other opportunities to add players to our team. And once the draft is over, then we kind of enter the next phase of the team building process. So it's kind of an ongoing thing. We're kind of at a fixed, a fixed point in time right now over this three-day period. 
but we have a long runway in front of us, so I'd say we'll just continue to the next phase. In the interim, we just take it step by step, day by day, and just try to pick players that you know we think fit us the best, regardless of how we get them here. Are you comfortable with the tight end depth chart as it is right now? Or? Uh, we're comfortable with the players on our team, otherwise they wouldn't be here. How much do you value with Juwan that he went up against AJ Brown, Miles Boykin, guys of Georgia, high level competition? Yeah, one of the things that you try to do with most players, regardless of the position they play, is just try to watch them against the best competition possible because that's a little bit more of an indication of what they're going to see on a on a weekly basis. So as we all know, the SEC, there's a lot of good players. I mean, we haven't run the stats yet, but I'm sure if you go back and look at the first two rounds, I mean, there's we're talking probably multiple players that played in the SEC that were picked. So which is it's nothing new, but those players are good players and they're playing against one another on a on a week to week basis. So you try to evaluate them against the best competition because ultimately that's what they're going to play against. I mean, it's not necessarily going to be against a program that isn't quite as at the level of some of those other teams. So it's it's an it's a part of the evaluation and you, that you want to see them play. How do they play against some of the better against some of the better players? Based on uh, how they sounded on the conference call, they all sound like really smart people. Do you guys not even consider guys who aren't smart? <laughs> Depends what your definition of smart is. But no, I, look, the, the 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 personal character makeup, which encompasses their intelligence, how they look in the end. It's about playing football, so how well do they play football? But there's also a measure of, okay, they're going to get a lot of information. So some can handle more information than others. All of us learn at different levels and different capacities. Stacy's smarter than I am, so he can probably handle more on his plate. So every player is different, and it's you, you just have to, once they get here, you start the process. Even if a, a person is smart or we perceive them as smart, Maybe he has a little bit of trouble initially grasping a concept or just, you know, the technique is, is new for him and he has a hard time adapting or adjusting. But we look at all the attributes that go into their profile and the intelligence level of a player because ultimately things change, right? The game happens fast. There's going to be adjustments. Okay, they're playing this technique. They're playing this front. They're playing our, you know, they're playing a certain way. Okay, we have to adjust in game. Okay, we got to go to something else. Okay, so can a player adapt quickly enough? So the more players like that that you have on your team in your system, it just gives you an opportunity to make some of those adjustments and changes. So it's more a credit to to them and, and their coaches and and their family and their background, how they were raised. I mean, look, we have no impact on that. That's all we can do is evaluate it, but it's certainly an important part of our process. Chase, Chase Winovich mentioned that his, or he described his interactions with your staff as, as limited during the process. So is it fair to say you got the sense he would be a player that could handle a lot in his plate or had the mental flexibility and adaptability that you see, but like you were able to learn that very quickly? Yeah, there's different, I would say, checkpoints and areas that you accumulate the information. Um, I mean, it's not like we never like saw the guy before. So you know, you just take the information that you accumulate over the course of time. And you feel comfortable or you're not comfortable. If you need more, you try to get more. And, you know, you, eventually you have to make a decision about, well, here's where the player is and we're comfortable with it. And then we just move on to the next guy because we have to allocate time and resources to, to somebody else. So I would say if we weren't comfortable, then we wouldn't have, wouldn't have picked him. Do you have a sense of whether or not Kajus could play on both sides? 
He's primarily played on the left side, Tom. Um, as you know, with the offensive line, when they're on the field, they are, they're going to play a lot of different spots. I mean, it's like when we drafted Nate in whatever year that was. He played left tackle at Colorado. Well, his first year, he basically was the third tight end or the third tackle, jumbo tight end, and he was playing right tackle. So, Volmer. Volmer played left tackle primarily at Houston. He ended up playing both sides. So, Trent Brown didn't play left tackle until he came into our program. So, whatever their background is, okay, that might be where their experience level is. So, if we try them somewhere else, we'll see if they can handle it. I mean, Matt Light's another example. I mean, going way back, I mean, Matt played left tackle, and that was before I got here, but we moved to right tackle or even talked about playing him at guard. And then we were eventually figured out that this guy's a pretty good left tackle, and now he's in the Patriots Hall of Fame because he played over many years and he played at a high level. So it's nothing's going to be predetermined. You, their experience is what you see, but how that projects, I mean, we'll find out when, when he gets here. Yanni, Yanni played a lot of games in college, but he's relatively new to the sport and he was a really good basketball player. Do you see some of the, the basketball traits in him, that athleticism sort of stick out? Well, one of the things that he was fairly proficient in is pass protection. So, which there is a lateral change of direction element, you know, I mean, basketball is a different sport, but I've never really coached that much in college, but when you go to recruit and watch a guy play in high school, you know, how many coaches have said, well, I saw this guy play basketball and I thought he was going to be a first round pick. I mean, you know, you've heard that, you know, but you're looking for some athletic attributes in some of the players, how they translate to football. Football is a different sport, but I mean, it's, you know, it's just another way to evaluate their athleticism. So I've never seen a guy play basketball. But it you know, sounds like he might have been a decent player. Yeah, he so. didn't test at the combine, I think, because of an injury. Is it tough to gauge a player's athleticism against other ones when those numbers just aren't available? Yeah, look, I would say the combine measurements and some of that is very overrated. So, okay, the guy didn't jump or an offensive lineman didn't run a 40. I mean... Tell me the next time an offensive lineman is going to run 40 yards down the field. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, Dan, I mean, Dan Connolly, <laughs> Dan Connolly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Very good, Ben. So, look. In the end, it's a it's a measurement, it's a gauge, but it's it's you have an estimate that if you don't have something tangible or something that's verified, you just have a general idea, and you just sort of work off of that. Nick, with Juwan, or just with DBs in general, is it? We were talking yesterday, but yesterday about the difference projecting receivers from college to the pros. Is it similar in that it's difficult just because the volume is so different, or is it a little easier because it's a more reactive position? It's a great question because it depends on what they're asked to do in college, which I would say the corners, depending on the system, some are asked to do more than others. How? The Alabama corners play are different than maybe another program plays. So there's an element that you sort of have to – you don't see some of the things that necessarily we're, we're going to ask them to do, where it probably factors in more is in the adjustments, the multiples, the communication. That's where – and then so the ability to process and then react to what you see, that's probably one of the biggest adjustments as opposed to a guy just standing out there just kind of playing one technique or playing one coverage and maybe there's not as many multiples or adjustments that are involved. So that's probably an area where they may be not necessarily behind, but in our system, maybe it's more than they're accustomed to. So how do they handle it? How do they process it? Which guys like John Jones, like Jason McCourty, 
like Steph, like Devin, like Patrick, those guys can handle all that. You know, if you were to go back and watch them play, they're probably not doing a lot of the things that, I mean, they're doing some, but not everything that we ask them to do. So to a degree, it's just kind of flipped around, you know? So a bunch of adjustments, okay, motion out of a bunch, cut split, wide split, motion empty, communication, hey, if they do this, we're gonna do that. That's where I think some of the, 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 the adjustment and changes come into play. So it's a good question. Nick, when, you're, question? when you're adding depth to the backfield, do you want to add players who have very similar skill sets? So if one gets hurt, you have a direct backup, or do you want guys who do bring kind of a little different things to the table? Yeah, the more versatile you are, the more you can do, then that's going to enhance your ability to to do more things. So I mean, guys like Burkhead are, are, are versatile. I mean, he can run, he can catch, he can block. Sony's a good runner. James is a good runner in his own way, but and he excels as a receiver. So, I mean, the game is sort of evolving here a little bit. So if you can put a guy out there and he can do more than one thing, then that kind of gives you an advantage. So, I mean, we've, had, we've been fortunate to have players like that through the years, you know, like Woodhead, even in his role, you know, different Shane Marine. So guys, their skill sets are different, but – you know, the more versatile you are, it just kind of gives you the ability to be more flexible kind of, you know, with your offense. Deion Lewis, I mean, we've, you know, we've been blessed and fortunate to have players like that. So in Damian's case, you know, he probably has some of those same types of qualities. So it's, you know, we'll see how it fits, you know, when he gets here. So, all right. Great. Thanks. Appreciate it.